It's not advertising. It's advertising. It's bad. And welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja. With me today is Ian Fuchs and his loud baby. Yeah, that was actually, that yeah. one was Ian. Ian, can you put your baby on the microphone, please? <laughs> she went right for it, too. So, Ian, I've heard that uh, Google is filling your home with ads. Well, uh, I wouldn't so much call it an ad as I would Google inviting their, their, their partners to be our guests and share their story or whatever BS that was. Um. No, the uh, the Google Home allegedly, not allegedly, had like a, definitely. Uh, allegedly, it was an ad. Oh, it, well, okay. <laughs> the, Google's Google saying it wasn't an ad. Stop. Um, she doesn't understand. <laughs> um, yeah, allegedly, Google was putting advertisements in the Google Home. Mm-hmm. So when you would ask for your day summary, which would give you your calendar and your weather and some of that mm-hmm. stuff. That she would also add a little thing that was like, also, don't forget the premiere of Beauty and the Beast is today, and showtimes available near you include, uh, and then a list of available showtimes. See, if you'd asked for that, it would be cool. But uh... right, and I mean, I I understand the 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 whole idea of an assistant, and and we've kind of discussed virtual assistants and stuff in the past, and and. And that you don't like them, but at the same time, if they could provide information without you having to request the information, it is kind of useful. Yeah, but I wanted to prov- so, request the kind of information that uh, I wanted to give me. But I don't want my, my always-on microphone to like be – like this feels like it's just one short step away from, my, from it listening to me and then recommending stuff based on what it hears me talking about in just my day-to-day conversations. But I, th- I think it's, it's maybe not that bad. It's that bad. In in this, I think it's in the sense that like, what do people usually do on like a Friday or Saturday? Like, that's like the night to go out on a date or you know get out of the house and go do something fun if they're not cooped up at home with a terrible upper respiratory infection. No, like yeah, I am. Uh, you sound very uh, healthy, by the way. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad. I don't sound terrible. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So I mean, if if people are going to go out on a date and they're asking the Google Home for you know what their day schedule looks like and it pops in and says hey by the way don't forget this movie's out today you may have wanted to see it like that's kind of nice but i also think there's a line where it's like if it does that to like literally every single person including people who don't care about the movie then it's not as good versus if if i had searched the movie which i have searched the movie and i've looked at the trailer and i used google to do that it might know that i have interest in this so it could actually be a relevant thing so i think that's where if it's using what it knows about you things you've searched and stuff like mm. that, that it could be helpful. Cause it, it's, it's the voice version of a Google now mm. card on like Android phones or on the, uh, the uh, mm. Google app. Can I see where I'm yeah, going with that? You're right. No, I do. I, I'm trying to figure out why it feels different to me. I think it's because it's a microphone and it's listening. Like the Google card is one thing. I, I feel like I'm okay with it. I guess I'm okay with it. Like reading my emails or whatever and figuring out what's going on in there. But for some reason, when it's listening to my conversations, like that kind of freaks me out in a way. Because like, I, I sort of I consent to Google like looking at my emails to do whatever what they want with it, right? But like I don't really want them listening to my and and I think that's some of that's that's you know tinfoil hat Andrew that doesn't like any hey, type of listening speaker hey, man. in his house. But Mark but I also know that the government's coming, <laughs> right? Um, 
like I know with the Echo that it doesn't listen to anything other than locally trying to parse for the word Alexa. Well, let's see how that and, thing goes. And right, and so so then it's a question of is it actually listening the rest right. of the time? Is it recording or storing any of that information? It's definitely listening. And the question really is: Is it storing stuff? What's and happening? I would guess yes. Right. I would be shocked if it's not. There are some there are some conspiracy theorists out there who think that, um, especially with Amazon, that they'll they'll be talking about something in the house, like oh, don't forget we need to get more of this or this oh, or this God. at the store. No. Oh. And then they and then they allege that they look at their Amazon account later, and it's like oh, it there. You know, it's promoting paper towels or toilet uh, paper because it heard somebody in the house oh, say it. I hate it. that so and much. So, 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 so people have tried things like, I need to get more socks. And they'll say that like every time they're near the uh-huh. Echo to see if it starts to push getting socks. Mm-hmm. And it never seems to. So I think that it's... It seems like a placebo. It's more Amazon just knows you're, you're buying cycles. <laughs> if you buy paper towels on Amazon every two right. weeks or whatever, right. every two months, whatever your your pattern is for buying that stuff then it's not unlikely to think that it could recommend that every so often. It's Thursday. It must be new sock day. <laughs> right. So uh, new sock Thursday. Maybe we think. sort of, at least for me, we've grown up in a time where you sort of, there's been lots of leaks of emails and that sort of thing. You sort of have this expectation that whatever you do in the internet will be eventually public for and permanent, which makes me like, if I want to do, if I want to do something, anything that's really, truly private online, I'm going to do it encrypted, or I'm just going to, like, do it in person. Um, so I have this sort of expectation that my stuff on the internet will be public, but I don't have that same expectation in, like, regular household conversations. I just sort of assume it's going to be private and not have something snooping on me. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's unreasonable to think, but I also don't think that at, at this point in our technological world that that's actually what's happening yeah it that's definitely more tinfoil hat andrew as you say than uh, actual real world concerns the other thing i was thinking is like this could be a really cool feature right like in theory if it's paying attention to your browsing history like it's the google now card right but in voice right um and, but but it's, and it's part the, of me wonders part of me wonders if, if this was almost like a uh an attempt at that type of feature right and that maybe maybe they just got a little carried away with it. Like, well, let's try it on everybody. But in reality, what they're really going for is we're going to start to recommend non-news type things to people who listen to. Yeah, which could be good. Or use the. the I would problem. love it if you could recommend me like, like I guess movies or music or anything like that. Like, like, but but here's the thing: it's always in my brain with me asking it to do it, not it going out of its way to do it on its own. So I'm at the, I think that's where I would draw the line between. I, I call this the Disney Magic Band problem, where if you go to Disney World and you have your Magic Band on and you go to the restaurant and they know exactly what you want to eat and they know exactly who everybody is, what they're going to get, like, that's magical. You do the same thing in, like, a regular restaurant you've never been to before, that's, like, super freaking creepy. And so um, I think of this as the same sort of problem. Like, where do you draw the line between magical and creepy? And I think asking it to give you the information and then it doing a really good job giving you that information is magical. But it going out of its way and doing that on its own is super creepy. Right. So it's it's all about the the situational context yeah. that that makes it creepy or not yeah. creepy. And and so like you said, if it's in your kitchen or your bedroom or your office or whatever, it feels far creepier because it's coming into your personal space in a space that's normally uh, right. It's my private area. Not I mean, that in, sounds gross. It's, it's not infiltrated by the outside 
world of advertising, right, exactly. which is really what it comes down to. Is it's like, especially with with Google, you have to remember that like they are primarily an advertising yes. company at this point. Like they are a search engine, and they're the owners of a lot of platforms. Yeah, but their their money maker, their bread and butter is is ads. And so it's it's using it's getting your information and then using it to let other people sell you mm-hmm. stuff. And make profit. So I have sort of an expectation when I use, like, when I go online or something like that, that I'm, this sounds nasty to say, but inviting advertisements into my home. Like, I just, I just know that in some forms of media, TV, whatever, uh, ads are going to be something I have to experience, but I don't expect them to be delivered to me through things that I'm not expecting to come out of, right? Like a Google Home or just like my speakers or that kind of thing. So I wonder if Google had just come clean right away and said, like, yes, this is a new form of advertisement. We're trying. It would have changed the expectation so that now, the next time something like this happens, it's not a surprise. It is a situation where you expect there to be advertisement advertisements and it feels less gross. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's, that's a possibility. <laughs> are there other, are there other situations that this, this doesn't feel gross? Like if it wasn't an ad for a movie and instead it was, you know, by the way, that package from Amazon should be delivered today, and it was coming from your email from Amazon that said the package was going to be delivered today. I think if does that feel less creepy? Well, only if it's coming from an uh, an Amazon Echo. Um, well, but but Google Google will if you use Google now. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. It'll it'll snoop um, your emails. It will it'll show you. Yeah. Right, it snoops your emails and says, "By the way, that package is going to be delivered today. Or going to be delivered tomorrow." It's kind of neat when it does that with like flights and hotels, so, and Google Maps, and that kind of thing. Right, right. So if if it was parsing your email and then giving you information based on that, does that feel less creepy? Um, um, I, yeah, I think it does. I think that there's layers to it, right? It feels much creepier if it's, if I know it's being sent to an external server somewhere and being stored and processed and anonymized for use somewhere else. But like if it's my iPhone, that's just doing it right on the device. That feels much less creepy. Yeah. I guess for me, it's, it's one of those, I don't know which feels, feels creepier more gross like is it worse to have it advertising to me when i ask for you know the daily brief Mm -hmm. and have it throw up an ad for a movie that's just out or is it creepier for it to be like making it very apparent that it's reading my stuff and snooping on my stuff like i think i would almost rather have an advertisement thrown at me although then it gets into that whole area of of targeted advertising and so is it throwing up an ad for Beauty and the Beast to literally every user, or is it putting up an ad for you know um, tea because I've been drinking a lot of tea the last couple of days because I'm not feeling well, and so it's like oh Lipton tea, you know, great for a cold, great with honey, great on the side, whatever, you know, whatever they're marketing. Yeah, with. you know, the more that companies know about me and the better they can target stuff to me, the the creepier it feels and the more it freaks me out. It's like that teenager who got pregnant. And Target started sending her those targeted advertisements for like baby stuff, and her dad got real upset. Like, there's no way my daughter is pregnant. Blah blah blah. And then it turned out that she actually was pregnant. Uh, The story will be in the show notes, told better than I ever can. But um, like, I don't really want I don't want companies to know more about me than I know about myself. So, so you're not a fan of behaviorally targeted advertising? I'm not a I don't think Um, I'm a fan of behaviorally targeted anything. So, so for. uh, really like simple example like you log into facebook and you'd rather see ads that have no relevance to you or you'd rather see ads that have some sort of relevance to something you've searched for or looked at 
or that feel somehow relevant to what you you're interested in. I think I'd rather not see ads at all. Like to be honest, well, we we would all <laughs> right, like that. Yeah, I mean, I I'd pay for Facebook. Well, and then so there's so then there is that element of it too. Is like um, with with like the Google stuff. There's there's not an option to pay to not have advertising on Google. Right. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. At least not that I know of. There should be. That'd be great. Um, it, yeah. Or, or Amazon. Like I, I want to, I'll, I'll pay an extra $10 a year on top of my prime sure, subscription yeah. just so that I don't get Amazon follow ads across the internet. I would guess that if we wound up paying for advertisements or if we wound up paying to subsidize the lost revenue from advertisements, we would be shocked to discover how expensive these things actually are to run. Oh, I'm, I'm positive they're, they're super expensive. And that's, that's, you know, you, you look at, at Facebook and, and where they got, how they got to where they are now. It's like they spent forever not doing advertising. Yeah. And then at some point they had to be profitable, right. you know, for shareholders and everything. And all of a sudden now it's like probably 70% of your timeline is some type of paid for promoted posts. Funny. I, um, and, and if it's not that much, when you start considering like the sidebar and everything that's on Facebook, yeah. like Facebook is just riddled with ads. Now I was uh, watching the social network last night or two nights ago, whatever recently. And it was funny talking, talking about yeah, like yeah. resisting to put ads on there, resisting to put ads on there and how yep. much that's changed since then. Drop the, the <laughs> it's cleaner. <laughs> I love that movie. Me too. Um, so, so then this kind of gets into the, uh, the area of pay for content and, uh, getting away from advertising and things like paying for, the New York times or wall street journal or any of those and, and then still getting advertising. So, so does it feel, does it feel cleaner to pay for no ads or pay for content knowing that you're going to get ads either way? I would rather support content directly. Um, so this, this falls into this tricky territory of what something is worth. Like it's re- we're really hard at identifying value and worth of like physical objects we can look at. I think it's basically impossible sure. to be able to do that for something nebulous like a Facebook profile, like the access to Facebook, right? How do you value that? Or, or the access to a news story, right? Which, like, so that's that's kind of what right. I'm getting at. Is like New York Times, like you pay for a subscription to New York Times, and it's four dollars a month or ten dollars a month yeah. or whatever you know deal you get. So I don't do marketing or anything, and, but I imagine that New York, the, the the Trump administration has been a boon for subscriptions in a lot of cases because people well, think of it less as subscribing to get access to the news. And more about subscribing to make sure that there's journalism doing investigative work. So it becomes less of like a personal purchase and more of a humanitarian donation. Sure. But, but even at that, like if you're paying for the New York times, you pay to get the content, but you're still getting advertising. So it's like, in in some sense, you're like paying to be subjected to more advertising. Whereas usually with things you pay a, a fee, a membership fee or whatever, and the return on it is that you don't get advertising anymore. You pay to remove ads. Right. Think of like in-app purchases. Yeah, yeah. There's actually there's a game um, on iOS that does some, a very interesting model I hadn't seen before. It's called Really Bad Chess. Um, oh my god, I it's love really this game. great. It's chess, but it's a random assortment of pieces. Or it's not really random, but it, like it's not the usual number of pe- like it's not just one queen and two knights and whatever like that it's a whole bunch of things and it's sort of balanced for different difficulty levels so like at the lower levels you have like six queens and three rooks and like two pawns and a bunch of other stuff like that but what's really cool about it is when you you can buy a full subscription 
Um, but you can also buy, which gets rid of like the ads and that kind of thing. But you can also spend 99 cents to get a hundred undos. So when you inevitably make a mistake, you, there's a lot of, you have access to an undo button. And so you can just buy more undos. And I think that's a really cool way of like allowing you to play the game without, and still making money without sort of being gross and scummy about it. There's no timers or anything like that. Like it's just spend some money because you're bad at chess. Yeah. I mean, and there are, there are lots of, of things like that where you, you pay like to unlock a theme, right? but you, you, you still get advertising or you just pay to unlock advertising, but you don't actually get any other perk within the, the thing. And so yeah, yeah. obviously some of that is just, you know, if you pay to get rid of ads, let's say it's two bucks to go ad free. What's the, uh, how does that amortize over the life of you using that app? Right. If it's something really popular that you, you keep on your phone for two, three, four or five years, like then they're, you know, they got $2 out of you one time. Yeah. So then you have to, then obviously you have the, the pay for content within the, the app. Do you know if, uh, and, Marco has listed the, um, the subscription revenue he's making? I know he's like, I, I know, I know he's, he said that the, the revenue is better now as a script subscription service, um, than it ever was as a pay for the app. Um, but I also know he has a new ad platform within Overcast. Yeah. So for those who are not familiar, Overcast is a podcast client on iOS. Um, you can pay, what is it, $10 a year to get the ad-free version. But the advertising is not done through Google or anything like that. It's him making these little ads that display at the bottom. And it, most of the ads are for other podcasts, which is a fascinating idea also. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, yeah. And he's doing like a couple hundred dollars for a month or for 30 days of ads and, and he's already like sold through two months worth of, of stuff. And so he, he w he was seeing really good returns on that, but I know that whatever that was paled in comparison to the people that were supporting overcast. Right. And obviously some of that is just the appreciation of good quality app development, which, which is why I subscribed in the first place for. before ads were even there. Right. Right. And, and then at some point it became a, you know, people don't want to see ads even if the ads are, Unoffensive, right? Unoffensive, inoffensive, inoffensive. inoffensive. So, last thing I want to talk about is like, are ads really actually effective? Um, because I've I don't think I've ever seen something in a commercial and then gone out and bought it, like ever in my entire life. Um, I think, I think they can be. I I don't know product wise if they always mm -hmm. are because that's, and that's the whole trap especially with tv commercials i think is where or most people think of advertising right and or or the stuff that pops up on the internet i think the stuff on tv is very hard because they have to make an ad that hopefully appeals to some portion of the demographic consuming the content mm -hmm. and so it's a lot less targeted which is where the behavioral targeting of online ads starts to get really can be more effective and i've had it where like i'll look at something on amazon and then I, I go away from it, and a couple of days later, I'm looking at some other site, and an ad pops up for Amazon for the thing that I was looking right. at. And sometimes, it, it, like whether well, the, the ad's not necessarily effective in selling me on the thing, but it does serve as almost like a reminder, like, oh hey, don't forget you were right, looking at this. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I was looking at that. What was I looking at that for? And then I remember, oh, I was looking at that because of this reason. Yeah, right. And and then I'm I'm more likely to go back and buy it. Like I've been looking at a the digital AV adapter for my MacBook so I can charge and use USB at the same time. And I had looked at it dozens and dozens of times. And then the other day it popped up when I, I was 
on not Amazon, and it was like, oh, don't forget you were looking at this. And I was like, God damn it, I'll just order it. Right, right. And I th- and I think it was like a warehouse deal, so it was even cheaper than normal. So you so. think that's how they're getting they're being effective like that, not through like see this thing, go buy that thing, just like reminding that it exists and then getting you to buy it, sort of eventually. Right. Right, I think I think that's that's a far more effective method of of advertising is is targeting based on what you've looked at or considered in the past and and using that as a sales tool mm-hmm. more so than just broad blanket advertising and saying like anyone who goes to this website or watches this TV show might want to buy a Ford F150 right. and it's like well I'm sure there's some portion of the people that watch the voice that want a Ford F150 but I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't Sure sure like anyone who lives in a city and has no practical need for a pickup truck. That feels gross for some reason, but I can't quite put a figure out why. I don't know. I, I think that the, the ad feels less offensive when it's it's generic. Mm-hmm. But the I think from a, an advertising standpoint, it is far more effective when the advertisement targets the, the person. Because yeah. I, I'm sure there's, there's data to back that up. I don't have it, but I'm sure there is. Anytime... I guess what for me it is that anytime I feel like I'm being like spied on or manipulated or my tastes are being used against me to get me to do something I wouldn't otherwise do, it feels nasty. I don't think that's a controversial statement, but that just feels like what a lot of advertising is these days. Yeah. And it's only going to so, get worse. So, th- so then how do you feel, and this, this kind of goes beyond advertising, this goes into like content itself. How do you feel like with Apple news, you read a news story and then it recommends other news stories based on that. Or you watch a movie on Netflix and then it's like, Oh, because you watch this, you might also like this stuff where it's using your tastes to influence other things you might consider watching. And we talk about how that's good for things like music too. So it's, a, it's a little different. Yeah, but sure. I think the thing that makes it work for me there is that they're not trying to make me do to spend more money on something. They're just having me do interact with their service more. I'm okay with that. If it's not costing me anything, but I do see it as I understand it's a bit of a double standard now. So content recommendations are fine. Advertisement recommendations. Nasty. 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 Good. Uh, you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 47. That's a lot of them. That's too many. Uh, Interface. It is. Wow. Yeah. 47. We got to stop doing this. Show. <laughs> we'll uh, stop at 51. <laughs> Perfect. While you're there, uh, make sure you uh, subscribe. If you're not subscribed, find us our find all our social things and all that. And we'll be back next Monday and every Monday, hopefully, like a repaired clock again. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is good that's awesome life uh finds a way <laughs>